0: Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffee and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. This week we speak to dairy farmer Ed Payne, who achieves a remarkable work-life balance by not only running his dairy farm but also running ultramarathons. And while we don't all strive to run these distances, it highlights the importance of getting a break and switching off from the farm to promote good mental and physical health.
1: We're now milking just around that sort of 550 cow mark across the two farms. So 330 and 220 um, in the process of growing the full time uh, labour team. So we're gone from what was two full time units then up to um, three at the moment and going to four quite soon. Uh, Of course, on the family front, uh, still the the two boys, but they're obviously three years older and um, up to more development or whatever way you want to look at it. Um, The cows then, from that point of view, we've gone to all twice a day. I think when we spoke before, we spoke a good bit about the once a day herd uh, in Ballymo. So in 2020, um, after two years of once a day there, we we went to twice a day on that farm as well. So all cows are now milked um, twice a day. Um, So those are some of the big changes, I suppose an interesting
0: uh, move from once a day to twice a day and as I recall it Ed, it was a really positive move for the firm you know as a new entrant on the Ballymo farm once a day and you know it gave a, a flexible uh, workload and ability for the full-time labour on that farm to help out on on I, I suppose the the busier the busier uh, home farm what was the idea behind moving to twice a day there
1: yeah. Okay. So, very good question. Um, like, um, once a day was, was a, a super addition to the to the business while we were at it. Um, Paul Fitzpatrick, I suppose, came onto the team then in 2019 and milked once a day on that farm. And then I suppose just through discussions with us all and, and Paul, and very much included, we decided to give twice a day uh, a go on all farms to see what sort of performance we could go to. So I suppose that was the the first catalyst. I suppose just um, it was the challenge or sort of to see where we could go to. Um, with all cows we've milked twice a day and then from a business point of view I suppose the, the company has been very much in growth in the last 10 years um, and from a cash flow point of view uh, definitely having all cows on twice a day has helped since we swapped across um, but certainly there's an addition in labour and there's an addition in labour costs so um, overall economics I suppose is, is tight enough but definitely when we swapped it twice a day the cash flow improvement um Was considerably helped, but um, I'm by no means writing out the fact that um, if and when we ever come to a settled sort of stage, if that choice is ever made, um, we would be looking, yeah, we we would be open or looking at that conversation again, if needs be, about bringing some of the cows or some of the herds back to once a day. But um, at the moment, um, the company or the business is still very much in, in in growth phase and needed. Needed all cash flow um, available at all times. That was sort of the main driver.
0: And then, to you yourself, Ed, um, you know, there's more cows, more staff on the farm now. Um, you know, and and it has evolved over the years. Has your role continued as it was in 2018, or has it evolved over the last number of years?
1: Yeah. So um, my role is cer- certainly involved evolving, and, and definitely has since we started milking back in, back ten years ago or that. But um, so I suppose I'm still very much the person I think I alluded to at the time in 2018, very much the person that sort of has to keep the place glued together best I can, keeps the relationships right, keeps staff in and out and whatever stuff like that. Um, I'm also the person that has to run around and put out the fires whenever they start. That sort of takes up a good bit of my time, be, you know, keep keeping the thing together, keeping the show on the road, um, then definitely... Uh, over the last twelve or eighteen months, um, I see both my role and Jennifer, my wife's role, becoming very much in that area of um, people manager, and that's somewhere that um, we see that if we want the business to continue to grow, we have to we have to get more into that and be, and, and you know start to enjoy that side of it and 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 take take on that challenge. Um, I definitely my role now is uh, although it always was, but becoming aware of opportunities, and I'm very. As I always was, but still very driven by business growth um, and obviously personal growth. But that, that, those are sort of my key roles if I was to write them down. Um, keep the show on the road, uh, manage the people alongside help from Jennifer, um, be aware and open to, to further opportunities, which obviously allows for business growth, be they the right choice of opportunity.
0: And if we consider dairy farms as a workplace aid, like, you know, extremely busy, there's an abundance of routine tasks that need to be done, maybe on a daily and weekly basis, as well as, you know, seasonal busyness. Um, And, you know, couple that with expansion and, and, you know, there's a clear indication, as you say, new entrance 10 years ago and, you know, gone from zero to 550 cows, you know, and a lot of that growth in, in short spaces of time. And, you know, a comment from farmers is, farms are becoming very consuming um and there's little time for you know other interests or hobbies off farm you know to you you know people who know you would know that there is an element of you know time off the farm and and sport how have you maintained um you know time for you know the family you mentioned two young children and and hobbies how are you achieving this
1: Okay, um so yeah, <clears throat> definitely just just to say it first, this was not the case all the way along. I was certainly one of those people who um was engulfed by the expansion and by my business um so I might talk about this later on but i I have three main priorities in my life now, but certainly um, if you were to roll the clock back five or six years ago, there was only two, and they were family and and the business um and I was um i was one of those people that was was all engulfed so but if you know i i always had a keen interest in 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 sport and hobbies and whatever else so how have how have i maintained it um i suppose first thing is that I, i i wanted to i had to drive in me like although when i when although i knew i had to commit to grow the business and to get through that first period of time um it was always in the back of my head or always there that, you know, that's, that, that that part of me wasn't being fulfilled, that there was that sort of staying fit, exercising, or whatever that want was, it wasn't being fulfilled. So how, how do I do it? Um, I have goals that I want to achieve within that area of my life. Um, I, I I make time for it. Do you know what I mean? I, I I don't make excuses that I can't do it. I make time for it. I've built a business now that, um, Hopefully can't survive without me, but I can get away from. Um, so that and that's important. And that is because of this other priority has come back into my life and I've allowed that and I've developed that in my in, you know in in my life. So um it's it's about just building the business, I suppose, that I can get away, being very strong with communication within the business and within the family, that that they understand that that, that time. It, is what it is, and and and, and it achieves what it does for me and whatever else. So I suppose those are the things. I have goals. I've progressed the business, hopefully, to a stage where, um, if if there is time available for me to get away, and let's be honest, like there's times of the year that I I, I don't leave the farm. That's February, March, April, where my running just stops. It's you know, it, it, and that, and that's fair enough. I understand that, and I can I can I can I can be okay with that. That's totally fine. And then there's other times of the year when the business is less demanding. For me, um, and that allows me to to do more of my hobby side of things.
0: And and looking to it, you mentioned, you know, exercise and physical activity, and that is your hobby. You know, it it might necessarily be physical activity for everybody, but, you know, you have taken it to another level, you know, with events you know, something I would have seen late last year was your 200 kilometres in 24 hours. But I mean, to start, can, you know, can we talk about your involvement in sport? Was it always running or what was the starting point for you?
1: I would have always been a, like a, a good runner and, and and able to run. And I would have always defaulted to sort of longer distance running. I suppose team sport was always my background. I would have played rugby from a very young age. And then when I was in school, would have played rugby and hockey. Um you know, to, to an average, to a fairly good level, was always competitive or whatever else. So team sports would have been my background. But as soon as I moved home here to the farm, um, although I would have loved to continue running rugby with my local club, um, I couldn't I couldn't commit to the times. So both the club was going to lose out and that I wasn't going to be able to make trainings at certain times, or I couldn't commit to every Sunday in X, Y, and Z. And I was going to lose out by being stressed, by being asked to be at these particular Trainings or sporting events, and, and continually having to to excuse myself or to only make the odd one or whatever else. So both arrangements weren't going to work for anybody. So I made the decision to move away from rugby, and that was when I sought out something that could um, tick the box of keeping me fit and and healthy, um, tick the box of getting me off farm at times, and and also not stress me out from having any full time commitment to it. So I I started out. Uh, I bought a bike and I cycled quite a bit. And then uh, moving on from that, a friend of Jennifer's uh, said to me that he was he was he was applying to run the York Marathon. And I said, sure. And I always had. I'd always wanted to sort of um, run a marathon. So I said, look, I'll sign up with you. And that was um, that was what got me back into running a searcher. That was where the running started. I ran that marathon um, to go on from that. Then I studied enough scholarship after that, took two years away from running again, did very little and then um, ran the Dublin Marathon. at one point and then after that i've been i've been running longer distances what we call these ultra distances since that
0: and to be fair um you know it it seems like you were bitten by the bug and when you say you know you ran the marathon and, and now it has extended to further distances i mean it that 200 kilometer stint that's you know over four times the marathon distance you know talk through getting to to that as as a peak distance
1: as anyone that knows me, I suppose I'm active enough on Twitter or that, and I saw a tweet back in 2019 um, of someone else that's involved in agriculture, and he had just ran what's called the Kerryway Ultra, and um, it's about a 190 ninety kilometre trail and quite hilly run uh, around the around the Kerry way. And I said to myself, when I saw that, I said, I I, I could run that, you know, I I at least want to give it a good shot. So I signed up that Christmas. And so then again, just going back to the point, I had a goal, um, which works very well with me. That's just sort of the way I operate. I I had a target that was September 2020 um, of that 190 190 kilometer run. So um, that was, I I did that, completed that, got on quite well. um, And then Fundraising one, which to date is my longest run, the one you speak about, 20, 200 kilometres in, um, in just under 24 hours um, of, of a straight one. I suppose that was just during COVID or whatever else. R- fundraising was difficult. Um, I, at the time, I had a kid, one boy, Aaron, was in the local um, creche and a uh, childcare centre, and then the other lad was in national school. Both, both places had been getting it hard to fundraise, whatever else. So alongside Jennifer, we approached them and said, look... Um, it has the ability I suppose, to sort of do these long distance runnings and some people find that something quite uh impressive or whatever so maybe there's something we could do there so we came up with this idea of running 200 kilometers in 24 hours and really um of all the events i've done so far without a shadow of a doubt em louise that was um that was by far and away the most the most rewarding event that i've been part of okay so the community just got completely behind us and it turned out I raised over 11000 euro for the two for the two of them, five and a half thousand each. And I just I I couldn't believe it. So just from a physical and emotional roller coaster, it was just amazing. Um, so that that so that was that. So that was just that's been my sort of journey along. Um I picked a goal, I said I can run that 190. As soon as I had that run, I said, look, let's try and you know just get something done charity-wise and see can we go on from there. Um, and this year then I've run a couple, a couple more long distance events. Um but certainly, um, if we want to look into the future, um, I suppose 200 kilometers. Um, hopefully, hopefully, I'll be able to surpass that distance uh, and challenge a bit further.
0: And like I would imagine, Ed, it's not as simple as showing up on on that particular day uh, and setting out to run 200 kilometers. Can you give us an idea of the training involved to to get to that level?
1: So I suppose you no know, any any sport anything is a mix of physical and, and, and mental ability. Uh, ultra running is definitely a fair split of both. Um, some people would even say that it's 80 or 90% mental and the rest is physical. Um, I've, you know, I've I've got to a fairly good standard of it. I'm nearly getting to be quite competitive with this ultra running. So I suppose I would argue that it may be a bit more of a split of 50-50 or that, but it's definitely, we have you have to be able to bring both areas with you. So from a physical point of view, um, I do a lot of what we call aerobic, aerobic training. So I do a lot of low heart rate. Um, heart rate is sort of the main driver of my performance. So a lot of my training is at low heart rate stuff. Um, and then um, I would do, I would, like, obviously I would, I would keep an eye on my pace and be able to do fairly snappy half marathons and marathons and stuff like that. But a lot of my training is, is aerobic training, low heart rate, um, long runs on Sunday, stuff like that. Um. But definitely that mental strength, I suppose, is is very important. Um, when you get to sort of um, 24 hours or 16 or 18, 20 hours running, you're into cold, long, dark, wet nights or whatever else, um, food mightn't be sitting well in your stomach. You need to just be able to, to find a place in your head to either cope with that stuff or ignore that stuff or whatever way you want to look at it. But certainly... Um, um, although like you know, people that run marathons might be running them in that sort of three to four hour mark or even under three hours. Um, no matter how much it hurts, you, you know it's over quite soon with an ultra um some fairly negative thoughts can get into your head um that can unwind the whole thing very quickly. And um just to speak quickly I ran that carrier ultra again this year um and and chose to pull out at 150 kilometers with only maybe a marathon left to do or less than a marathon to do. Um, and look, if if we want a deep dive into it, the main reason pulled out was just that my head got the better of me. Um, my head found a physical problem that maybe wasn't there and that was the unwinding of the whole thing. So look, um, these things happen, but that's just that, that's how it goes. So look, to answer your question from training, I do a lot of low heart rate. I keep an eye on speed, but um, on race day, you need to be... You need to be mentally very well prepared.
0: Looking to this year's Kerry uh, and, and compare it with, say, your your Roscommon run uh, last year, obviously you had a huge amount of um, supporters on that run. But I mean, Kerry this year versus maybe Kerry in previous years, how do you overcome those demons? I mean, it, it may be similar to people who are, you know, having... Um, you know a bad outbreak of illness in calves and you know it's rattling around in their head uh consistently throughout the day uh, you know h- how are you overcoming those demons you know at that point you're running on your own you're you're hitting our number 20 uh you know maybe 150 kilometers in
1: good question um so when things go well so we'll talk about 224 um and i had the same challenges the same thoughts but obviously um, you have a crew. My crew is always my wife uh, and usually helped by my father. And so no more than in life, no more than when things are going wrong that way, um, you have to have people around you that you can talk to and, and get support from. And although maybe a lot of these problems are condensed into the 24 hours or the 48 or whatever you end up running, it's the exact same, only just happens quite quickly. You need to you need you need to find the problem in your head and and let, let that person know. And Jennifer, in my case, um, she's, she's there at the crew stop or walking along beside me or running beside me or whatever the case is, and you just say to her, like, look, uh, I, don't think I, can, I don't think that it's worth going on any further. I don't think I'm going to make the time that I'm aiming for, which in that run was 224. And like, no matter how much you're ready for it, no matter how much you tell yourself, your, your, your body tries to self-protect. Your body is always in a mode of... Um, can, can we can we limit the damage here? So obviously, um, there's part of your body who thinks that this is just a pointless procedure. That we we've proven what we need to do. We've ran 150k, so why do we need to go any further and prove it to anyone else? We're, we're happy with this. Whereas you have to find the same thing to say or, or get this told to you by someone else that the finish line isn't far away. That the the, the sun will rise again in the morning. And that's quite literally what a massive leader like you know. It's amazing how dark thoughts you get sort of for me especially in that sort of two o'clock in the morning until four o'clock in the morning when your body just wants to be asleep um, and you see the sunrise you see things brighten up again and and all of a sudden you're sort of you're sort of moving a bit more smoothly so I hope that's answered your question but it's certainly having someone around you that um, you can just say look I'm in a fairly deep hole here at the moment and for them to be able to read whether you need a hug or kicking the arse and that's as much up to them being very used to you and knowing how how you operate um as much as it is you to say like you know this is where i need that kick in the arse or i just need to stop for a second and them to say yeah okay just stop for a second sit in the wall here because although i i, I cover a lot of distances um it's i don't run solid for the whole time i stop for food i stop for water and um, some of it is you know some of it is very hilly or whatever else, I walk that X Y and Z. So it's not it's not solid running like someone who's running a marathon would be. So again, that allows time for these sort of different thoughts to come in and whatever else. So how do I manage my demons? Um, I didn't manage them very well in this Carryway Ultra this year. Um, I prepared totally wrong. Um, I had let's put it expectations upon myself that um, I shouldn't have. I should have managed them better. If we roll back to the Carry and to the run the previous year, I was new to ultra running. I didn't know i was getting into it was very much more um fun let's just have a crack at this and see how it goes carry weight it's just gone um I, i approached it wrong and then um once once things started to go wrong i could i couldn't unwind them regardless of the help so so we pulled pin after that how do i control those demons afterwards i am quite good at sort of putting something away in a box and putting it somewhere else in my head and saying right look We'll deal with that again. Of course, I am going to go back to Kerry and and make a point of finishing that. That's just something that I... No more than that, that will just be a way of, of closing that off in my head. But it is annoying me. Um, It is there all the time. Like, I didn't finish it. People were, you know, watching for me or whatever else. And on top of that, you a lot of people gave up their weekend to come and watch me run around. Um, my parents were there. Um, Jennifer's parents were there. Jennifer, my, my boys, were there. So for them... It, Because we don't get away an awful lot, a lot of a lot of our holidays are based around my selfish running. So there, you know, there's a lot of, um, I feel a lot of their weight of you know on on my shoulders. And obviously, they weren't applying that whatsoever. But it was, it was there was a little bit there that I just you know they had given up, committed a lot of time to come and watch, and here I am, sort of making a big deal of myself. So you look at it in a way that um, I ran 150 kilometers on lovely trails surrounded by my family and friends. And we had a right good hooli and we had a good day the day after. So, so like take those as positives and go from there. And it was, it was a positive trip to Kerry or not. It could have went better. Of course it could have, or could have finished. Um, but look, I'll be back. So what am I doing since that? Of course, you got to turn these around. They're motivators. Um, I have another big one coming up this Saturday. Um, I'm sure I will have learned uh, experiences from Kerry just gone that I will use come 3 or 4 o'clock um in Belfast. I hope I hope that makes sense.
0: <laughs> Absolutely and and a really interesting point um that you would have made Ed in terms of the time when it gets really tough for you is night time obviously, you know, to put it in perspective if you're running for 24 hours obviously you're running through the night and and a note that I I actually made early on while you were speaking there was, you know, uh, tiredness and you know when when we talk about you know a stressful time and 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 things like you know those demons that we're we're fighting with in our own mind, um, you know in springtime for farmers we talk about tiredness, the need for rest, and the need for proper sleep. So it's it's very linked into what what you're talking about there. Um, I, I'm looking for some numbers from you now. I I know that you said that. You know, you're you're running um, aerobic, uh, low heart rate running, and and then you do your long run on a Sunday. So, like, what does your long run on a Sunday look like? And maybe what sort of kilometers would you accumulate on a normal week?
1: So, like I said earlier on, my training plummets from a from a running from a physical point of training view. February, March, and April are pretty very low mileage months. But uh, again, I don't look at it in that I stopped training there, and it's, it reludes the point that you said there. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to have to stay awake and stay running for 24 or 48 hours, whatever I want to do, then I look at springtime as ne- nearly a training session. Does that make sense? So there's days there where I do quite long days, and and I, and I can say to myself afterwards, like some 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 of my competitors or someone else went for a long run today, but they didn't spend 18, 19, or 20 hours on their feet doing X, Y, and Z. So we've all we've all had a day, we've all had a day training. So. So it's about using, like, although I might be aggravated thinking, oh God, I haven't been for a run in six weeks, but what have I done? So um, so that's that that's one area of it. I consider that I can I can continue my training even even when I'm working. Um some numbers, yeah. So a low heart rate run for me is sub 150, but I do try to do a good few runs that would be sub even 140 or 135, um, even with Hills included. So I would be challenging myself to be able to run um quite quite hilly runs maybe, so a half marathon with with five or 600 metres of climbing, all under that 140 heart rate. I wouldn't let my heart rate go above 140. Um, then I would um, although I've changed training a little bit recently to be a bit more consistency, but let's say to talk about training and the year just gone, um, I would have attempted to put in two or three half marathons a week and then a long run would be um, a long run would be north of a marathon if i could, if I had time on a sunday so um it wouldn't be it wouldn't be it wouldn't be unusual here for me to milk in the morning, run a marathon and milk in the evening on a sunday that would be that would be pretty standard and it would also wouldn 't be unusual for me to milk or finish up work in the evening and go for a half marathon afterwards just on some local trails around well I have a local wind farm that has has some forest track on it that 's safe, and I can run there with a head torch any hour day or night so those so that's pretty much the training for me. Um, regarding like times, I, I can run a half marathon in just 1.21. Um, although I'd say there's a bit more in me and my PB for a marathon is 3.17. But um, that was after I'd ran a marathon the two weekends previous to that. So I'd say there's probably a little bit more in me there too. Um, but running, long distance running is a lot of about consistency. Um, so, my, my average week of that would probably, would probably be a bit too varied for what I would like it. So I would like to be able to hit 70 to 90 kilometres um, of running every week. But unfortunately, just through work, and I just have to take this as part of, part of life for me, some weeks I might get to 160 or 70 kilometres, and some week I might only do 40. And um, although that's not ideal for the type of running I want to do, that's life and I just can't get hung up on that. That's just the way that's, I have to fit that around my business and that's fine.
0: If we consider then, Aid, like you you talk about, you know, good communication, um, good structure, work organisation and, and having a good team in terms of the staff around you is something that allows you to to do this uh, you know you also mentioned within the farming context and also within your running context you know jen your parents your children you know your your wider family is really really important but if we could bring it back now to the farm you know what what does your um i suppose participation in sport and and having that hobby outside of the farm what does that bring to the farm and and life in general
1: i suppose I spend a lot of time running, so I can spend a lot of time thinking. And I do spend a lot of my time running, wondering um, how much does my running cost my business, or how much does my business business benefit from my running? Like, and I, I definitely think it's a two way it's a two way thing. So, if you were to look at it with a very short term view, of course, I have to pay for more relief milking, more labor on the farm, to allow me to have more time away. But if we were to look at it over a long term view, um, my ability to sort of have time to myself, to maybe um, be able to extend my longevity within the farm, to be able to, to to think through problems, to have a process while I'm away, to have, to have, and this is different for everybody. Some people some people like to be in the farm and think about the problems when they're there. For me, it works best when I'm out just clocking up a few kilometers and I arrive home and I realize, crikey, I think I might just have come up with an idea for making x and y easier for for something or doing x and y and that what works for me may not work in the slightest for other people some some other people might go out for a walk and come back more frustrated than when they left i doubt that would happen but that's just you know what i mean so um my business does benefit long term from my running of course there is a short-term cost in building up uh, a business that can allow me to have time away from it that that's obvious enough but if if if, if you were to look at everything short term, we, we wouldn't do too much. So does that answer your question? <laughs>
0: it does. Ed, and I think it's interesting what you say. You, you take the time when you're exercising to I, you talk about processes and, you know, um, thinking things through, whereas, you know, the frustration that some people might find when they're off farm is they're possibly thinking of tasks that they could be doing if they were on farm. So, so, so maybe it is to separate they, those two ideals, um, you know, in the instance where you aren't necessarily on the farm.
1: And look, our business is growing. We have a lot of people employed and and hope to improve that increase that, but they need autonomy. They need to run their own day as well. So they don't like, although this might be excusing the fact that I like to be out running, they don't need me standing on their toes morning, noon and night. Like I, I am in their face for February, March and April and they are in mine and we work hand in hand and we get through a fairly tough shift and it's good fun and we all enjoy it and we have enough staff around that it's not a dirge or any of that, but we work hard and everybody knows that in any spring calving system. But come to this time of the year, um, they need autonomy, they need to get ready, they need their own breaks and their own times and work their own day. They certainly don't need the big bad boss round every every day wondering, um, what do they move? What mountain are they moving today? That that's not the case. So I suppose as well as that, my running allows the people in the business to grow into the position. I suppose that that, that I allow them to. Um, I certainly know that when I was away on Nuffield, um, the the people that were involved in the business at that stage certainly uh, trove, um drove on the auto- autonomy that they they were allowed at that time.
0: For farmers listening in, Ed, who are you know totally connecting with what you're saying now they might necessarily be heading to the Kerry way next year but they do want to spend a little bit of time on a hobby you know whether it's sport or other interests what's the starting point
1: uh, and I use this a lot in business and, and personnel but it's first and foremost to know why they're going to do this okay so if they if, if they're if, if they think they're doing it because someone else is doing it or they should be doing it then it, it won't last very long so they need to know why they're doing it and and from that they need to gain to for me anyway like I said they need to have a goal however small that goal is or whatever it is they need to just have something in the line and they need to know why they want to get to that goal the how and the what they do will will become very apparent when they know why they want to do it so that's very important communication is key I'm a I'm I'm not the best in the world, but I'm very big into communication. So with with family, with business, um, don't don't be don't be ashamed. Like near, and I'll admit to myself, there would have been times that I would have hopped in the jeep to go for a drive, to go for a run, just in case the neighbours saw me out because crikey, that fella can't be finished at, at half five in the evening and going for a run or even earlier or whatever it is. That, that that's a lazy old bugger, like. Do you know what I mean? So I, I and I I've been down that road. Like communicators let people know, and it will get. So much easier. Um, make make a start, like you know. Don't don't like. I'm a big person for not trying to make too many excuses. So whatever that goal is, break it down into small little chunks and do one of those chunks, um, and then and then and then it'll just become a lot easier. Um, invest physically, financially, whatever it needs to, to reach that goal to get along. You know, don't don't be afraid of that side of it. Um, try not to complicate it. Make the goal simple, achievable, complicated later on. Like when I started back into running, um, although I set a fairly big goal, I had chunks, I had sets along the way, and there was, you know, there was little baby steps, um, so there was there was no problem there. Um, pick something you enjoy. Okay. Now, as I admitted earlier on, or as I said earlier on, I would prefer to still be running around a rugby pitch and training Tuesdays and Thursdays and match on Sunday. That that that's what I grew up doing, and that's what I have a love to do, but. We have to work within our means. So I found running, found cycling. I love both of those sports, but um, we can't, we, we can't have it all our own way. The ideal situation would be, we'll be back to rugby, but we just got to work within what we have. So find something you enjoy um, and get stuck into that. Um, and yeah, so, and then of course, and this is, a lot of these are personal things for me now, how I operate. Um, analyze how you got on. Um, I'm quite competitive. I like to see improvement. So for me, I have a goal, but I'm continually sort of analysing, checking back versus previous performances or whatever like that um, and strive to improve. And like I said earlier on, maybe just to touch on that, be be fluid. Like, you know what I mean? Like my ideal situation would be that I'd be playing rugby, but that doesn't mean that I can't sit down and say, well, I can't play rugby, so I'm not going to do anything. I can't play rugby, so let's just pick something else. So be fluid, think a little bit different and, and you you' said it yourself Emily it 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 may not be physical it may not be walking or running or whatever it is but just just find something whatever it might be
0: I think that's a great point aid uh, to wrap up on and you know where where sport and activity is something that people are interested in if it is a thing you're stepping away from team sport there are a lot of alternatives that that people can fall into this has been a really fascinating conversation Ed Uh, really appreciate uh, getting insight from you today um, on something I suppose totally um, abstract from what we're we're used to talking about here and we look forward to following your running exploits online in uh, the coming months and years
1: brilliant thank you very much Emily thank you
0: that's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to Ed Payne for joining me on this week's show don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.